Good morning. Welcome to the Barn Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being a part of it. You can get involved, folks, by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. You can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town on your emails. Uh, thank you, and good morning to everybody here. Good morning. Uh, thank you guys for showing up. Um, Speaking of email, before I get rolling, I have a couple of scriptures I want to read to you to relate to what we were talking about. But I did receive an email this week that I thought was very, very interesting. And uh, I want to apply, I'll reply to the, to the uh, email. Um, and then I'm going to, I have two little scriptures. And I know a lot of you don't like the Bible now. You've been kind of burnt out. And, you know, you, you hate church. You don't want to hear about the Bible, but I do want to, something that relate to what we were talking about. And our theme this year is trust truth. And I, this whole year, I, I hopefully can just focus on how you do that. How do you trust truth? Um, anybody have any questions from last week before I read this email here? No questions from last week. This is exciting. <laughs> Did you guys have a life last week? I mean, this week. Yep. And ch- yep. Only you. And the challenges this week. Yep. Uh, you had a challenge this week? Yes. And, and, and what was it? In, try, in, in trying to do, uh, do the best I can have, and in my job as well as in life. Oh, okay. That's a good one. I'm going to show you how to do that. How about you, Forrest? Did you have had, you had a challenge this week you had to deal with? Yeah, I had challenges all week. And did trust truth help you to get through it? Um, yeah, I must say yes very much. Oh, good. And that's what I want. I want to make sure you guys, when you go out, when you leave this meeting and you go out there to start living, that something was said here that would awaken something to get you doing it right, dealing with it properly. Yes, sir. I had an issue with uh, with uh, judgment, and judging somebody. It was very slight, but it, it gave me some pain, yeah. and I didn't want the pain anymore. So I I backed off of the judgment and and uh, didn't have a, a care about it, and the, the pain went away. When it, it was about somebody doing some some bad stuff, and you know really they you just they really can't help it. And you wanted to judge them. No, I, I judged them. Oh, you did judge them. Oh, I okay. did judge them, yeah. and it, and it, I had a the weight of it yeah. bothered me, and I didn't want to be bothered by it. So, I just tried. I, I let it go, and it went away. Good. So I didn't have the pain of that weight. I love trusting truth. I love trusting truth. Anybody else? I want to um, because time goes by fast. I want to uh, read this email. And then I need you guys' help. Here's what I want you to, you to do. I want you to pretend. How many Christians we have here? Uh, we have four. <laughs> and the rest are sinners. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. This is the hospital, so you came to save, all right, to heal. But I want you to, for the Christians, I want you to pretend that you ran into this person, and they asked your advice. They knew you were a man or woman of God, and they asked your advice, what should they do about this particular situation. And the reason I'm doing it because the preacher man is not going to always be with you to tell you what to do. Isn't that true? If God is with you, you don't need the preacher man to be there. Or you may forget and leave your Bible at home. You may not have the word with you. <laughs> you know, I was arguing with someone, and they said, oh, I don't have the word with me. I'm at a handicap. I left my Bible at home. So they didn't know the truth unless they had the Bible. But uh, I want, uh, John, come and read this for me. You want me to read something? Yes. And that way everybody see how nicely you dress for the Sunday morning service. <laughs> 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 I 
Just stand next to him. Tell me to read right here. I can move away, right? Just kind of stand the question. I want you to start. This is an email I received from last Sunday. I think it came from last Sunday. It may have been from the radio show. I want you to read right there to right there. And read so they can hear you. All right. Hello, Jesse. I was just listening to you talking about sex before marriage. And as you know, I did that exact thing by having sex before marriage. And you're right about adultery and weakness, etc. I have been married for 30 years now, and I know the hell you mean. I, I was wondering if God will forgive me for me being weak and no one properly training me. I'm all those things you teach about, and you try and help young men overcome that. What about old fools like me that are in the middle of it? I'm in the middle of this hell. Is there a solution for men like that, talking about myself, Want me to read his name? Yeah. Robert, Indianapolis. Did you guys understand the email? Yeah. He read it kind of fast. And I learned, were you nervous? A little bit. <laughs> All right. Everybody understood the email, right? Yes. All right. I'm going to start with the Christians first. Then I come to the sinners. <laughs> um, if you ran up on that person, what would you say? If you met this person at the market, at the whatever, and they said that to you, what would be your response? As a Christian. Well, I know what happened in my life, that I had a lot of similar, you know, issue. It wasn't sex before marriage, but the, um, first of all, you, you need to sit still every day and get separate from the thoughts in your head. And then, and you need this to... This is what you would tell this person? Yeah. Okay. Every day, you got to sit and pray in a, in a real way. And you need to um, let go of the judgment on yourself. Because God's already forgiven you. It's already, it's already been forgiven. So you, you have to let go of that, that self-judgment. That, you know, it sounds like he still has that. You know, he doesn't realize it's already been forgiven him. So he's like, you know, it's, it, he's in his head about it. And, and that's troubling him. Okay. And I, I, I've spent a lot of my life that way. All right. You're not in your head anymore? Well, I come in and out. I, I, I mean, I'm not always objective. Right. Okay. Uh, where are the other Christians? Did you guys raise your hand here? What would you say to that person? Whether it's a man or woman, you're out shopping and this glow of the Lord is around you. Oh, I think I would, I would say there, there is a special person out there for you, but it doesn't mean you have to go and test all the waters. Um, now, this person is married, and they've been married for 30 years? Yes. Oh, 30. they have been married. They are so married. married. That. Yeah, they're still married. And he realizes that he is in hell. And, you know, he had sex before he got married, this woman. And now he's, and 30 years have gone by with his wife. And he's catching hell. And he want to overcome it. Well, I would tell him that his sins are, are, the, are, are have been, uh, how can I say, his sins have been, cast out as furthest as from the west as from the east, not to be so hard on himself, that, um, that there is redemption in his life and he needs to trust God to guide him on a daily basis. Um, he's a sinner, we're all sinners. But he's a Christian. But this was a sin, he felt, he, he, he has guilt because he, has, yeah. he had sin in his yeah. life. I think a lot of us carry that. Yeah. Um, we need to trust God, and we need to look forward in our life and not to go back. You make a very interesting point in that he has uh, guilt because he sinned. But a lot of preachers tell you that it's so you, can't, you can't help but sin after you're born again. And so a lot of Christians are still sinning, and then they're feeling guilty about it. It's guilt. Yeah. guilt. Should they be sinning if they're a Christian? Man sins. As a Christian, Even too? Christians. Okay. Even as a Christian. Yes, man sins. That's why we need our, our Lord. He said, I wonder if God will forgive me for being weak and no one properly training me. Uh, and did you raise your hand? You're a Christian, right? Yeah, I want to say. Okay. You're one of those good old sinners, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any more Christians? I think, Pastor, you raised your hand, right? No, but I, if you want me to answer it. Did, no. Did you raise your hand? No. Oh, okay. I just want to ask. Oh, you just being a yeah, I did. oh, I thought I saw your hand as you tried to back out. <laughs> no, I misunderstood what you just said. 
But yeah, I didn't. Well, if you saw this man on the street, and we're supposed to be witnesses to others, one another and others. That's why I'm asking. And the preacher is not going to always be there to tell you what to say to the person. All right? So, and that's why I don't like coming here just preaching at you. I want to make sure when you pay your donations, it's worth it. <laughs> All right? Yes, uh, Patrick. I don't really have much to add. I think what was said was, was absolutely right. I mean, this guy's clearly judging himself for what he has already done. Right. Uh, so he keeps stoking the fire every day with his own judgment of something that's already been done. And the second part, he said, can I be forgiven for someone not teaching me? That doesn't even make sense. If someone didn't teach you something, how could you carry your own guilt about it? He said, I wonder if God would forgive me for, one be for me being weak and no one properly, you know, properly training me. You know how when you're growing up, your parents don't really teach you, by, especially today's parents, how to deal with the issues of life. Well, that's you know? my point. So how, how would he carry guilt for something that somebody else didn't teach him? Yeah. Well, I think he has the guilt for being, being with his wife that he's angry about and, and all that. Knows, he but he has not been properly taught how to overcome. He already it. knows the answer to his question. Will God forgive me for being weak? The answer is yes. It's obvious. He doesn't know that. Yeah. Right. No, he, he really does. Right no, if he had known that, he would have asked me this question. He do, deep down, he knows the answer. Uh, we, we all know the answer. God will forgive us. But we, we won't forgive ourselves and we stay in hell. And that's where he is. Most people, and, and correct me, even the sinners, you got the sinner second can pop up. Jump in here. <laughs> Most people, and especially the Christians, do not truly believe that God forgives them. Because if they did, they wouldn't have their guilt in the beginning. They truly don't believe that. They are sad because they read about it and the preacher told them but they don't believe that God forgives them. Otherwise, if you believed it, you wouldn't have had to give. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I mean, I'll take for myself, uh, I don't know if I thought too much whether God uh, forgave me for things or not, but I knew that I was holding things against myself, uh, and that held me down totally. I didn't think that much about what God was, to be honest, what right. God was thinking. I was thinking about how I was holding it on myself. Well, most people wonder if God forgives them, and they think that that self-guilt is from God. Okay, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They think that feeling, that judgment that they have upon themselves uh, is from God, and that's why they feel so condemned. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes, Wendy? I say God doesn't judge us for that. It is within that we're, guilt, we're guilty of our, on ourselves, and we're putting that guilt on ourselves. God is not judging us. And so you will say to this guy to do what? I would tell him to, um, to um, forgive himself and to stand up to his wife, be still and be um, as calm as he can be and don't uh, overcome whatever fear he may have of standing up to his wife. And um, trust God in that sense because you can say trust God and what does that mean to somebody who doesn't know. Right. So just stand up to your wife at this point and stand up in truth and, and without fear and, and overcome it that way. John, what would you say to him since you read his email? <laughs> uh, uh, just like other people said, I think he's judging himself for sure. And um, he's, uh, yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah. But he would say, well, I don't know how not to judge myself. I can hear him now, all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. He would say, how do I, I don't know how not to. What do you mean by that? I don't know how to not judge myself. Um, well, I think, he, uh, I think he needs to pay attention to uh, his anger and uh, frustration with his wife and his frustration with himself with him not being able to know how to uh, he's kind of he has to accept that he doesn't know how to uh, overcome this by himself he just kind of has to see it more than anything can, the anger. can you imagine being married for 30 years and catching hell <laughs> remind me not to get married <laughs> he uh hmm. Thirty. I told the guys it take fifty years before the wife start coming around. Only Remember I said that. Only thirty. Oh, only thirty years. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah. I, you know. Are you the Christian or the sinner? I'm in between both. <laughs> 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 on the on the, on the center end of it, uh, 
being married over 30 myself. How long have you been married? About 38 years. Okay. And seems to me that he has a, a consciousness that <clears throat> that really beating him down. Oh. I think his consciousness, and he he don't he doesn't know how to um, overcome it. What would you advise him though? You're standing there talking to him in the soup line. What would you say to him? I I think I, I would I would tell him. Let's take a look at ourselves, within ourselves, about what we're thinking about, what we're going through from the beginning through all the way to now, you know. And I would question him about <clears throat> uh, how much he feel guilty of yeah. and how much uh, he'd done right and, and, and what he think God had put before him and... and uh, and he would that's say that's a lot of he would say that's a lot of work. Well, well no, and I just that's not going to help me deal with this angry wife I have. You first have to deal with yourself first, uh -huh. okay? And and that's and a good point. You can't deal with the anger in you, then you can't deal with the anger in anyone else. Yeah. And that and that and like I said, those one of those those barriers. I would break it down to him as we talk, and and allow him to express himself, so I can see where he's he is he's at. You know, and all of those things I would ask him. And then therefore I would know exactly how to confront him uh, uh, concerning his anger, concerning, concerning his uh, uh, suppression, and, and concerning what, he's, what he has to do. It's amazing to me too that, as I'm, I'm just thinking as you're speaking, I, I counsel and deal with and run into so many people who are Christians and who are having these same problems. They're unhappy in life. Their relationships are just awful. They're insecure. They have doubt and fear and worry. All in the name of Jesus. Right. The kids are messed up. And they can just quote the Bible until the cows come home. And they go to church and they want, they really want a Christian life. They want what the Bible says that they should have. And it's just not being, the way is not being shown to them how to get it. And, and, this, and, and that's why I really appreciated this, um, this email because it applies to so many Christians. Mm -hmm. It's like Christians are living as though they've not been born again. And what I don't understand, why even bother with a God that is not going to change your life at all once you accept him as the God, you know, the man who created you, created the world, created all things. Why would anybody want to accept a person like that? If you're gonna, if you're gonna have the same hell you had before you got him, you know, because one of the reasons I think is coming to God is for a better life. Am I wrong about that? No. Or is it just for salvation when you get that, when you die? But I, I do. When I, can't, when I wanted God, I wanted Him because I wanted a better life. Now I didn't want to wait till I die. Uh, uh, I, I was miserable in the hell that I was living in, and they told me God was a better way to go. But a lot of people, Christians are accepting this, and life is not getting better, and I don't know. Well, I think it's what you brought up last Sunday about when you was going to Crenshaw and the way when you went to the pastor and yeah. asked, asked him a question. He could not answer the question. He, he always quoted something out of the Just Bible. Just quote the Bible at you. Straight out of the Bible. And if you say, well, I tried that all right. Well, that's all I have to say. Yes, <laughs> Okay, I read that for myself in the Bible. Nothing changed. But the, that once again, we get back to the leadership. Yeah. You don't know. You're supposed to find someone that does okay. it. You can't That's get right. God, because God does send angels, earth angels, for us to listen to. He and, will help you. That's right. You know, and so I, I just think, because even with myself, I have to sit back and, and relax a little bit and hear what, what's going on inside of me. And he probably haven't been taught that. Yeah. That's the problem. They don't know it. Yes, ma'am. Plus, his sin is really not that he had, he had, I mean, he had the sin of having sex out of wedlock, but the sin is really the anger. It's just a label he put on it. You know, he's using the, I had sex out of wedlock, that's what the hell is. The hell is that he's kept his anger all these years, and he's angry, and he's dealing with the anger in his wife, too. He hasn't overcome that. Because he's had plenty of sins along the way, you know, so he just latches onto that one. Yes, ma'am. Uh, like they were saying, it's true. Like, um, like he realized that he was wrong, and see, like that's enough for him, like to God for to forgive him, because yeah. he knows his heart. 
But I think it would help him if he apologized, sincerely apologized to his wife too, you know, for being wrong with her. And let me just, because I know this story real well, uh-huh. it's not just about the sex out of wedlock before. What he re- uh, responded to is that I said last Sunday that you should never, ever, 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 but never, ever have sex before marriage. Because when you do have sex before marriage, you end up marrying the wrong person, you know, and you wake up after the day after the honeymoon and realize who in the world is this that I married, and now you're stuck with that person, and then you catch uh, 30 years of hell because his wife doesn't want to listen to him according to him. So they have this battle going on about who is the head of the family, who is going to, you know, so it's more than just a sex thing. Yeah. And so the hell is like coming a, from all that. Yeah. I think you still like apologize to her and then if she Apologize for what? You know, for being wrong himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good point. And um and if she Confess your own sins first. Yeah. And then like then it seemed like it'll be off him and he can try to like not be angry at her and just live his life like the way he's supposed to be, be stronger. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. If you met this man on the street, what would you say? Uh, I think last week you were talking about practicing being still and that awareness yeah. when your voices in your head are telling you something and that's not the truth. Yeah. And I know for myself it's something I'm practicing every day and that ego is so strong, beating me down, beating me down. It sounds like that's what he's doing too. Yes, ma'am. That at some point you have to say, stop, this isn't me, and I'm going to change this. And every day you give that self that message. I'm going to change, I'm going to change, I'm going to come. That's not the truth, that's not who I am, that's not who God wants me to be. And you come out of that, it's kind of a shadow you're in. I'm loving this. Really, I am. I appreciate the feedback. This is like causing my afro to grow as I stand here. <laughs> I'm loving it. John, what are you thinking right now? I was in my head a little bit. I know it. That's why I asked. <laughs> but I can't. That's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm sorry? That's just what I'm doing. Uh, okay. Are you thinking about this poor guy or yourself? Half. <laughs> and what half are you thinking on concerning you? Which half of this? Oh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm in my own way, in a different context. I'm like that guy, you know. And, uh, Most people you know, are. You mentioned, like, uh, like I couldn't even say that I know, I know the Christian God, you know. I couldn't say that's the Christian, Jewish Christian God, you know. Right. Um, but I know I've been uh, blessed in a lot of ways, and yes. um, good things have happened. I'm very fortunate, so I know it's something. But I couldn't sit here and say that. Oh, I know it's that. Okay. Yeah. Yes, of course. I was um, visiting a friend in Santa Barbara yesterday, and we were talking about the same subject we talked about last week, and. I said, you know, if you're 99 in a 0.9.5% happy and 0.5% of you is angry, um, you may as well be all angry. Yes, sir. And and he agreed 100%. He was right on the same wavelength. And, you know, he goes to a little kind of a church like this. And, uh, and then late, lately I've been meditating, being real quiet and at times when I meditate I feel discomfort pain um, and I wonder where is this coming from so I just stand still and stay there and pretty soon it's revealed to me where it's coming from yeah. and it becomes obvious but I can't you don't guess it you don't guess at it it comes to you and that's then, right then you, you, you go along your way. Is that, that's, that's kind of the way that... And would you say that, would you tell this guy the same thing if you ran into him? Yeah. Okay. How about you? You had your hand, Christian? I did. Um, I don't know whether it has to be that complicated. I, I think if he's repented, which it sounds like he has, he, he, and he feels you know, remorse and he, if he has uh, you know, repented to God, then you just let it go and, and 
Stephanie was saying, you know, apologize to the wife, but after that, you know, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, you just let it go and you live your life. You try to be the example that you, you should be in, in the house as, as the man. And, um, you know, there might be other things that he's got going on here, but I think the letting go part is really important. This guy's wife want to be a preacher as well. She's in preacher school right now. So they have a battle with that too. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine waking up and your wife saying, Goodbye, honey, I'm going to preacher school today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, do they have any kids? Yes. Oh, okay. They do. Adults now, right? Oh, okay. That's cool. Yes, sir. I know what also I would I would advise, because I've seen this with, with me, that um, any you really have to watch for the irritations of life, you know, and, you know, of course, you start with your mom and dad, you forgive them, but little irritations, little motivations to be angry, that'll keep judgment alive. And it, it, and it could be very small, and it's, you know, it could be very subtle. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, the bottom line is, um, he never, he never has been a man to this woman from the beginning, of, of before marriage, during marriage, and even up to this point. This is why she has, as this young lady said, her ego is so strong that he, he's feeling guilty for things that he didn't do. Now that he understands some things, I think he's feeling... It must be a big blow to be a husband and a father and not have control of your, your household. It is. Your wife and your kids are just it doing is. what they want to do, even if it's wrong. And you as a man got to somehow or another do I don't know you what to, you try to get that I power back. I can't back. live in that kind of situation. But to get that power back, she, it, 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 the woman do not want to turn that power loose. Right. When you rec recognize that you don't have, you didn't have it all along, then now you want to come clean and and be the man that you're supposed to be, and she don't want to turn that power loose. Yeah. And so you got a battle on your hand. <clears throat> it's like World War Two one and two put together. Yeah. In your house. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, Pat. It sounds like this guy, I would make a pretty strong guess that this man, he'd be introduced to the prayer that we do, right? Right. I, I will bet you almost anything that he's not doing it consistently, that he has fallen off the wagon. Yeah, you got to pray. Because um, sometimes people, you know, it's almost like you take up your cross, you know, and the prayer is a daily thing that you do. And when you hear people's emails or their conversations or whatever, and they're not doing it, they tend to start, I hate to say use the word whining, but they tend, they tend to start complaining to man instead of turning their stuff to, over to God. And that's what I'm hearing out of him. And I'll bet you, and maybe he can call or whatever it is, that he is not doing daily prayer. Oh, yeah, you can call in at 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663, and respond to this. Uh, very good point. I appreciate that point. Yes, sir. <clears throat> I would say uh, your marriage is not going to get better at all until you, until you see, well, I think he said that he's weak, but he needs to find out why he's weak because marriage is not going to get better at all, and because of that, his life is not going to get better. As mm -hmm. long as he's weak, he's going to... Everybody be sure to turn your phones off, please. Maybe we should put a sign at the door, cell phones off. I'm trying to turn it off. Okay. As he stated, as he stated in the email, that he's catching hell. The yeah. reason why he's catching hell is because he's weak. He's what weak, he said weak. all that, he's he looking for some solution here. Well, uh, he needs to overcome his weakness. And the way to do it is to see, uh, why, is, why, why am I weak? What's going on with me? How come I'm weak? So How let me come just, I can't stand up to my wife? Let me just remind you guys, ladies and gentlemen here, that these are the things you as men and women of God are saying to people that you're running into because you're representing God when you're out there on your own. You say you're a Christian, there's, there's supposed to be something different about you that when a lost person should come and ask for advice, you have to be able, you should be able to point them the way to salvation, to overcoming, because you are already being guided by God. You do realize this, right? And we have you on film. So, and 
we all should become disciples of God once you're born again, men and women. You're supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Let me take this young lady here, and then I'll take it. Then I want to, I have a scripture related to this. Yes, well, ma'am. I just, if I approach somebody like that, I mean, 30 years is a long time. And I know I made the same mistake. But it's, it's like uh, you cannot change what you did. 30 years is a long time for what? Uh, I mean, 30 years is a long, I mean, he's remembering what, what he did 30 years ago. Yeah. It started it all. And you can, and there's a lot of other sins that have compiled, you know, one after another. And He's also catching hell sins. trying to deal with his wife as well. Yeah. So it's that everything that gets out of pile it up on him right now. Right. Okay. And and you can't change what happened. Right. Thirty years ago, you have to let it go. Right. You have to just let it go and and just focus on the now. Okay. And yes, you know, it doesn't oh. matter what happened. Doesn't matter. I, I think this young lady made, I think when you made the point that he has all this guilt and he just, somebody made that point. Yeah. So he's bringing the past into the present yeah. now. He's carrying it through and through. Let me take him first. That's yes. There's another element here too. He's freaking out right now because of what he's seeing. So it's very common for people to start to pray, wake up, and as they're waking up, things are a major mess. And he may have had his head underground for years and not really watching what was going on in his household. So now that he's waking up to it, it, it looks worse because he's actually looking at it. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes, ma'am. I'll just make this real short. I, um, now that I understand more, I'm not misunderstanding the question. As a Christian, I would just tell him that he needs to forgive himself. I would pray with him. I would tell him that he's been carrying years and years of burdens. That there's and how do you and forgive? Anger. A lot of people don't know I how to. I would pray with him. I would hold his hands and I would say, pray with me. I, God wants to give you a gift, and it's a gift to live a good life and a prosperous life and not to carry guilt and anger and resentment and bitterness toward himself. The Bible even says that bitterness causes uh, brittle bones, I believe. Um, that's a good place to start. Forgiveness. Okay. He, he's never forgiven himself. It's um, and you're right in that, but I've noticed that when you pray with people about it, it doesn't change anything. You, you, you know, they still hold on to bitterness. It looked like the prayer thing is not working. Some people do pray with you, but it's not working. Have you noticed that? I have, but I've also seen prayer work very, very miraculously. Yeah, okay. What did you say? Well, we said together, you know, pray with them, you know, pray they still yeah. lost, they need they, to do... To me, I don't. I walked in on the uh, the end of the conversation, but to me, he's looking. You, 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 we know we can be little bitchy wives and women, okay? But I think you know you can be what? We can be bitchy. Women can be bitchy, okay? Oh. But to me, wow. You need to look at yourself. He need to focus on himself. Okay. Because if you don't focus on himself, he he's pointing his fingers at her all the time. He won't never see himself. No, well, you didn't hear the letter, so. Okay. Your little stuff is off right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you got the last word, and then I want to read something to you guys. If I ran, you had your hand. If I ran into him on the street and he said that, I think I would say, you know, you need to speak up to your wife whenever it occurs to you to do so. And if you do it uh, with anger or frustration, then just apologize for it. And uh, when he can't speak up because he's a coward, just understand he's a coward. But I think you should speak up as much as possible and just, um, his kids are probably grown, and then just, like you said, let World War II come and yeah. have it out. Okay. Michelle, I know you, I'm sorry, you, you've been waiting a long time. You wanted to say something. Oh, no, I didn't have my hand. No, I, I'm, I, I could wait for you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Christian, right? No. Oh, you're not a Christian? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's not like a Jesse game here. You don't win a prize for either one. Are you not? Half and half. Half and half. <laughs> a little warm. A little warm. Your husband's like, no wonder I'm catching so much hair. 
So you half and half, half, half what and half what? No, I don't know, but I, I hear what you say. I hear, I'm listening to what you say. And it's like I, I hear everybody talking, and it sounds like he does have to forgive himself. Right. But you a half Christian, and what's the other half? <laughs> this is uh, in James chapter 1, and it's concerning tribulation, trials and tribulation that we have to go through. It says, my brother, consider it a great joy when trials of many kind come upon you. For you well know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must complete its works, its works, so that you will become fully developed, complete, uh, not lacking in any way. And then I want to read this one down on uh, John 12. I mean, same chapter, but verse 12. Uh, Blessed is anyone who persevere when trials come. Such a person is of proven worth and will win the prize of life, the crown that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Never, ever, 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 never. Never, 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 ever, ever, when you are being put to the test, say, God is tempting me. God cannot be tempted by evil. And he does not put anybody to the test. Everyone, every, everyone is put to the test by being attractive and seduced by that person's own wrong desires. Did you hear that? Yes. That is so deep, huh? Yes. I didn't know I was being put to the test by my own desires. Uh-uh. We're being put to the test because our hearts are in the, our desires are wrong. So you know how, it's the devil all the time. Uh, everyone is being put to the test by being attractive and seduced by that by that person's own wrong desires. Then the desires conceives and give birth to sin. And when sin reaches full growth, it gives Birth to death. Isn't that like something? Yes. Man, when I read that, I'm like, wow, that's cool. Put your hand down, John. John you had your chance, buddy. No, no, I want to say something about what you verse? just read. I, I know, but let me get this in now because we're running out of time, but then I take feedback. Okay. I gave you guys a chance. Remember? She said, what's the verse? Uh, James chapter 1. 1 through... Uh, Maybe the Lord will help me with my reader. Eyes back. One through what? Oh, one through four. I'll get to you in a minute, John. Yep. And then 12 through uh, 15. So did that alone, don't have to say, I just say yes or no, yeah. if you don't mind. Did that give some clues already? Yep. It did, huh? Um, what I realized is that from this, and some other readings I've done, is that, and I, I think John and I were talking one day this week, and I mentioned this to him too, is that what people don't realize clearly, can't see clearly, is that our battle is a spiritual battle between good and evil. The Christians don't see this. And it's because they have not entered into that kingdom of heaven within. And in that kingdom, there is another way of seeing things, another way of seeing things. And when you, when you enter into that kingdom the first thing you start to realize is that uh, your desires start to change. Your desires is now, you start to overcome the desires of your ego, that desire that is of the devil, that nature that's of the devil. Because when you notice before you enter in, your desires, even if you are a Christian and you read the Bible, your heart is still set on the outer world. What, what's it, you know, you want to be smart, you want to be in the know, you want a lot of money, you want to control, you want this, you want that. And you say you don't, 
but your drive is always about to get whatever it is that desire is of yours. And it does nothing but cause conflict for you. Have you noticed that? The more you try to get it and the more you think you have it, it never brings peace. It brings conflict. Because that's where your heart is. And God said that where our heart is, that's, where, that's what you're going to get back, right? But what I, what I realize is that Christians don't realize that they are not, they are not the issues that happen in life. You know, like whatever challenge you have to go through, that is not you. It's just something that has come to you and you're dealing with it. And if you could see that it has nothing to do with who you are as a person, a real a spiritual person on the inside of this body, it is not you at all. It, and, and if you can clearly see that, then you don't judge your situations right or wrong or anything. You don't get mad at the situation. You are, you are able enough to stay calm, as someone mentioned, and overcome it, see it through, work it out, because you're not mad about the situation. You're not mad if your husband is out of control or your wife is out of control. You're not angry if you don't have money or you lack money, or things are not going the way you think they should go because you are not identifying with your situations. It's just a challenge in life. It has nothing to do with you at all. And that way, you don't, you don't, you don't become judgmental of yourself. The only reason that people are judging themselves is because they identify with the problem. In, 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 in real life, in real life, there are no problems. They don't exist it is an illusion. But unless you are born again and you're separated from this ego nature that's made a home inside of you, you think there are problems and you're overreacting to your problems. So this guy, um, Robert from Indianapolis, he is identifying with his wife, with, him, with all these things that has happened in the past, and he's judging it, and it's just bringing on problems for him. It created something that doesn't have to be. God doesn't even remember our sins. Once we apologize, he forgets about them, but your ego reminds you of them, and your ego is that of the devil. That's the nature that made a home in you. And you don't know this unless you could be separated from it by being born again of a new nature. You are not your situations. And if you're not, there's no reason to be mad. There's no reason to put yourself then you can count it as joy when things come because you know now you're going to be made better from it. As a matter of fact, that's how you know your relationship with God because now all of a sudden you don't judge good or, good or bad. You don't hate somebody for what they have to go through. You don't identify with them just because they're taking a little longer to overcome it. You're able to treat them in the way that God is treating you with perfect love. Absolutely perfect love. And when you don't identify with things as problems, you cannot judge. You can't judge it as right or wrong. You, just, you become the observer of life and not the creator, not the controller. It's like you let go. Once you're born again, you let go and let God. So there is no judgment because you know that you're not God. But he needs to, and the reason that his wife and everything else control him because that's where his heart is. His wife mean more to him than God himself. And I know he's saying, well, God mean more to me, but God doesn't mean more to you. It's whatever can manipulate you mean more to you. Because what you believe in is what believes in you, and that's what controls you. And that's why you get angry when it doesn't work out or go your way. You, you got to be born again. You got to be separated from that identity, that ego nature that is not you, so that you can no longer identify with the world around you. God said, be in it and not of it. Then your desires start to change. It's, it's interesting in that God, and then I'll take some questions. God said, seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, and all things will be added to you. He doesn't want you to desire those things. He wants you to desire what's right first. I can't even get, I think Patrick mentioned in prayer, I can't get people to pray every day. If you're not putting what's right first, then something else will control you. And you're just going to suffer unnecessarily until you realize my priorities are out of order. 
And you can know if they are because you're being controlled by things around you. Somebody else can get you mad, that's your God. Because why should someone else, whether it's your husband or your wife or your kids, if they're not your God, why should they get you angry? If your treasures are not laid up in them, how can they get you angry? You have nothing to lose. That makes sense? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but he got to realize, as most Christians do, even though they name and claim God, other things are still more important. God is not important because their action says it. Your treasures, your desires are in the wrong things. You're not, you're not, your spirit is not connected to his yet. I'm telling you, and when you dis, when he disconnect you from that world, from that ego, there's nothing on earth that can move you anymore. You treat the world the way God treats you, with honesty, love, and truth. They're all the same but with that. But most people don't have love. 99.999.999% of the Christians don't have love. And that's why they're suffering. There is a suffering that comes with being a Christian. You know, the world try to get you, they hate you because you're a good example. But that doesn't bother you inwardly. This other suffering is because you have not been born again yet. You're still connected to you to that ego nature, that sin nature that made a home inside of you. That's why you have fear and doubt and worry, insecurities and all that. Even when people get sick, they identify with their sickness. They'll go around and name it. What's wrong with you? Oh, I have osteoporosis. You know, they identify with it. Instead of just seeing their body being weak, you know, the body's being weak right now, but it's not who you are. Then you can overcome this stuff. People are we've been trained to be this way, by the way. Yes. We've been taught intellectually to identify with everything. When God tells us not to identify with anything. But we've been trained to be intellectually smart, learn all you can learn, learn the Bible, go to school to be a Bible preacher, just learn, 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 and all you have is the knowledge of good and evil, and you can't help anybody. That's why God said we have to go dumb. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Now, I see so many questions and because of time, because I want you to understand this. I really, really do. Let me take this hand first. Then. Yes, sir. Well, what I thought immediately is not, it's not, no longer relevant. Just really quickly in passing, but I want to come back to what you said, is what I clearly heard when you read this, you know, yeah, immediately got, uh, the Lord's Prayer came to mind and the way the Catholics pray is, that do not lead us into temptation. Right. That's part, I mean, it's totally and he wrong. He never does that. And, uh, but it's totally wrong. Just imagine that Completely wrong. the way to resist temptation is not have any of these desires of your own. Yes. And, and then you don't fall into different types of temptation. But, We've been taught to have desires, to work for something, to become something. And everybody, even the Christians are struggling to do that. And God said, when you realize you're nothing, you shall be something. But we've been taught to be that, and that's why the temptations are overtaking us. And, and, and one, thing, one thing that you said that really struck me is there are no problems. Right. You know? There, there are, no, are pro no problems. But you know what? But we don't live that way. Only because See, when, it, when it comes upon us, I mean, life, is, life does not work that way for us. Yeah. Or at least for me. Right. I shall speak about myself. It's only because okay. you're still you're connected to your the pride of the deceiver, the pride of the devil. And he made you believe that, oh, this is a problem, whole pitiful for me. Uh, as this man said, I have sex before marriage and I'm still feeling guilty about it. That's ridiculous. Yes. You know, it's absolutely, it's evil because it brings unnecessary suffering. It's not going to make him righteous by holding on to all this stuff. He's not going to become a better person for it. Now, I do want to tell you how to get to being that better person for it because there is a way to do it. Um, let me take this young man first. He had his hand. Yes, Robert. I mean, uh, John. John. Uh, a little, little bit off subject, but it totally relates. I just uh, been noticing these uh, flaws that I have and these judgments that I have. Yes. That I didn't really know I even had, but I, it was a pattern in my life. And then when I think about uh, how ingrained they were and how much, and I was so fooled by them. When I think of like other people that I've judged for their faults, it's like, yeah. uh, 
to understand that they're in this, they're in that same situation and yeah. to have patience with them. And where if I thought if people had patience with me with mine and, and then could explain it to me, yes. it would be a whole another you know, it would just change everything. That's right. And so, you know. Absolutely. And this is really what parents should be doing, fathers and mothers. They should be a limited example for us, for children, you know our children, us as children, so that when we go out into the world, we're not easily deceived. But what parents do, most parents, they set you up by causing you to become angry. They're not like, they're not of love. The parents are not of love. They're of their father, the devil, too. And so they pass that on to their children by being impatient, by not being honest, by not sharing things with them so they can understand. And so they go out and they'll just, they start to overreact to things because they're angry in their homes. And there's no love. And God said, if you don't have love, it means his love, not this love that you can feel. That love that you can feel is nothing. It's of the ego. It's selfish. It has nothing to do with anything that's good. But a love of truth, you know, you, you, is, you guide it by that, you know. And parents don't have it, so they don't explain to their kids. They don't set, their, they set you up so the world can come in and destroy you, wipe you out. I think when, uh, when you then suffer the emptiness and the guilt because of that or yep. shame, then you automatically, uh, or the world and all, uh, most people go and they identify with those things to give them, whether it's like, getting love from their kids, their wife, or doing better in work and money, they think that's going to be the answer. Then yep. they, so they think that they, the kids should do that too. And it just, that's right. It's too bad too. Because all they're doing is selling their ego up to, as they get older now, they're going to think, well, dad and mom gave me all these things. They told me I needed education. They did this. And now that's becoming their God. And when they don't live up to that, they feel like failures. And they have to take pills to survive. And they are depressed and all that because the God, the wrong God has been set up for them. And that's a problem. That is a real problem. You know, I was thinking about, it's too bad. I mean, I don't know if it's too bad. No, it's not too bad. It's interesting that Christ came and everything has been reversed. We have a way out. We don't have to suffer like this kind of suffering. And yet, most Christians are suffering. It's like, you know, it's like the guy, the guy, the Christ came and, and we are free, but we don't know we are free. We're not being taught how to accept that freedom and live that way on earth. It's just so unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because in not being the light, in not understanding this, you're not like a light of the world. And so people are not coming to say, how do I come to God? What's up with you? You know, how you, you know, people are not coming because the light is not shining. There's nothing that's drawing the people, you know, unto God. And that's why the world is winning. They are now can teach their kids that homosexuality is normal, even in the beginning of school now. You know, I mean, just any kind of stuff you want to do, because if you really, really be honest, you don't really know the Christians who are not suffering. Their lives are messed up. And we got to be honest about this so we can get on the right path. Christ has already made it, so all we have to do is relax and accept it. And we can live this life I'm talking about. Yes, ma'am. We have an email that Oh, we do. An answer. It's an answer. Someone's answering that question. Oh, let me hear the answer. Um, good morning. It says, he needs to give up. He's dealing with things I can relate to, and the constant battle I have is giving up. You stay aware, you stay in the now, and don't try to make up for the past. From the Lion King, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. You can only move forward. This is from Kerr Johnson. Yeah, he does need to let go, but... And that's what I want to get into right now because we run out of time. How do you let go, you know? How do you let go? Because people do want to let go. They don't want to be miserable. Uh, here's, in, in short, I have a minute left here. First of all, you got to know that your resentment, your anger, no matter how much you know the Bible, doesn't matter how many times you go to church, how much money you give, your anger is separating you from this other life. And as, as somebody said earlier, you can, have, you can think that you have just a little bit of anger left. You're deceiving yourself. Any anger separates you from God. 
because it's not of God. And it causes you to live in a, a different reality in darkness. God said that in order for us to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we have to forgive first. We gotta, all you have to do is know that you're an angry person and that you're wrong. If you could just know that without judging yourself, then the rest will start to take place. But the problem is, is that denial is so quick that a lot of people won't let the pain of knowing that they are angry and wrong to set in. You know what I'm saying? They'll say, um, they'll deny at first. I work with people, and, and they're, they're supposed to be like holy people, but whenever I catch them doing wrong, they deny first, and then I say, why are you denying it? You're supposed to be conscious, and then they say, oh, yeah. That's not the way it works. You got to be you got to be honest enough with yourself so right then and there you can see that you are wrong before any excuses or denial can creep in. To, to deny it after you, I mean, to admit it after you deny is doing you no good. It's not helping you change at all. You got to see it right then and there because it's a twinkling of an eye that brings on the change. And some people will say, they say, oh, no, I was doing this for that reason. And then I say, well, you were wrong, though. What? Oh, yeah, I was wrong. It's too late. It just put it off for another time. So you got to see that you're angry. You got to admit that you have anger in your heart because you're separated from God with any anger. And you can tell if you have anger because you over, you, you're overreacting to your environment, your outer environment. You're using, um, you use excuses. You get mad at somebody else when you see that they are wrong. You know what I'm saying? So that shows that you have anger and separated from God. Then when you pray, you got to just sit still, be quiet, shut up, and know the truth. Just be quiet. You don't have to be begging God for anything because you don't know what to ask for anyway. 99% of the time when you ask God for something, it's all ego. It's selfish. Even when you ask God to save mama, how do you know God want mama to be alive, you know? Maybe God want mama to go on so she can stop destroying everything else around her or daddy or whomever. You ask God to let his will be done for daddy and for mama and from, for your kids because God knows their heart better than you do. So when you, that's why he doesn't want you praying that stuff because you don't know what to ask for anyway. You may be praying for the devil. So what he wants you to do is to just be quiet and let the truth catch up with you so he can start changing your life. Allow you to see. I once was blind, but now I see. When you can let go, Accept reality, let go, he'll come in and change your life. Then you start waking up to everything. And the more you learn about yourself, the easier it is to understand the world around you. As John was saying, you then, you then stop judging other people too. Yes, you, you deal with the issue. You don't deny the issue, but you just don't hate other people for what they're going through. You're able to totally not judge them or judge yourself. So you got to get over your anger by admitting that you're wrong and just seeing it. You know, just, just know in yourself that you are an angry person. Whether it's a little anger or big anger, anger is of the devil, separate you from God. God is perfect love. And when I say perfect love, I mean a love that is not emotional, a love that does not judge, only he can judge, good and evil. And you just be quiet and live your life. Just don't judge. Just deal with the issue. But you are not, you are not your problems. There are no such things as problems for men and women of God. It doesn't exist. It's an illusion. But because you're angry, you're lost in darkness, and you think that there are problems. Christ has solved all our problems. He's made it possible. He wants you to just live it and, and, and not let anything else be your God. That makes sense? Yes, yes. And you can't do this on your own. You got to see that you are not God and there's nothing. You can't even make yourself forgive. Did you know that? Right. Just think of how many times you said to people, oh, I forgive you, I'm sorry. And you turn right around and do the same thing over again or overreact again. You, of yourself, you could do nothing. You just need to see that you're no good. You're an angry person. And don't be mad about being an angry person, right? I have a prayer CD that you can have. I'll give it to you called Be Still and Know. I encourage you to get it and, and just learn to be quiet 
go in your prayer closet, shut up, and let the truth catch up with you. And believe me, if God can cause me to see this, anybody that wants it can see it. So go to bondinfo.org or call 800-411-BOND. We also provide counseling, too, by phone and in the office. Thank you. Thank you, guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND. Thank you.